He writes for the B, and this year he was voted the best local columnist by Sacramento Magazine. R.E. Grasswich covers the local area every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and he seems to be having a lot of fun while he does it. He's also no stranger to KDVS, having previously appeared on Jeff Kravitz's show, Panic Attack. I first heard him over at Inside at KXJZ, where he talked with Jeffrey Callison about the Bay Area versus Sacramento, the Sacramento Kings, his uh, trademark Hawaiian shirts, and the legend of journalism whose stylings he consciously tries to follow, the late, great Herb Kane. We're pleased to have him today visiting with us. Ari Graswich, welcome to Radio Parallax. Well, it's my pleasure, and, and I wanted you to know that that... Uh that award you mentioned is, is uh, gosh, I think it's like five or six years running now, so there. Really? How about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to have to to, uh, to to bolster up the competition here, I think, somehow. Wow. Well, <laughs> that is uh, that's quite an, that is quite an accomplishment. My, my hat's off to you. Well, like I say, I think it's, it's more for, for a, a, a lack of competition than anything else. But, but what the hell, I'll, I'll take it. You should. Um, you there's well let's let's let's, uh, let's compare you then with uh, with someone we mentioned here. You, I know that you talked to Jeffrey Callison quite a bit about this guy, uh, uh, Herb Kane, the Sacramento Sacramento kid, as he used to call himself. Um, I see some parallels in your column to Herb Kane, something that I used to re- read for decades. Um, did you grow up reading Herb Kane? Well, I did, and that's you know the nicest thing you can say, really. Um, I mean, it, it's a, it's an undeserved compliment. I was born and raised in San Francisco, actually, and and that was. Real, it made such an impression on me. The work, not only that he did, but but the work that his colleagues did in, in the paper, in the Chronicle back in those days, the San Francisco Chronicle, with with, with Charlie McCabe and Stanton Delaplane and Ron Fimright writing sports, and of course Kane um, doing his his uh, his his item column. Um, there there was no, I, I don't think there was a better era in in California journalism certainly than, than those than the 50s and 60s and in, even into the 70s when those when those folks were writing and. And the Chronicle's never been the same since. Um, certainly not. Not it's a shell of the paper it was, I think, today. But um, that's that's I'm prejudiced, though. I I'm, I like to be. But uh, you know, it's funny. The the what what they did. They they did so much more than we do today. You know, Kane wrote wrote six days a week. Right. Um, he did he did uh, twenty items a day, and I, I you know I do five or six. Uh, I mean, he he did stuff that. And of course, he got away with stuff that we couldn't get away with today in Sacramento. You know, I, I do miss a lot of those those little little double entendres. You all, he was always slipping in there. Yeah, he, it was just amazing what what he could slip. Not only what he could slip in, but what the, just the, the news breaks, the scoops, the the uh, the, the stories that, that were were untold and unknown until he broke them. And and that that really is is the inspiration. You know, and of course he had, I think he had a staff of three, uh, two or three people out there. They're doing doing his, his a lot of his, his leg work and, and checking stuff and. And of course, he did all the writing, but but nonetheless, it was the, the sort of the the grudge work, which the drudge work, which is, which is is the tough part, you know, where you have to go back and make sure that these these things people are telling you are actually true, right. um, or have some semblance of truth. Uh, that that's that's the stuff he he actually had, he had two or three people who who would do that, that a lot of that, and of course, a lot of it was generated by himself, but but and that's kind of the way I try to do it as well. But it, it's. Uh, with the internet and all that, it makes it much easier because we, we do have we have quicker communication with people. But but it uh, I you know you, I could never I could never do what he does. It just it's it's uh, he he I, I don't know how he had time for anything else, frankly. Just by the sheer volume he was churning out. Yeah, and and the, you know you look at it from from the from the forties through the through the the through the end really for him um, through those fifty years sixty years of it, 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 it the quality. Was always it was always top flight, top quality. It never dropped off. It was just wonderful stuff. And and I would say we're all those of us who who were able to read him. Um, are, I think are, are very very lucky. 
Now, uh, he, he really is sort of the last of a tradition going back to like the 30s, and Walter Winchell and Ed Sullivan, I guess, had a column in New York. Um, I know that I know Kane was fond of quoting the fact that Winchell at one point said, this kid imitates me better than anybody else. Yeah. What, it, what do you think goes into making these things successful? Well, you know, I think it, it, you're right, and it's a genre that, that, uh, that, that was, was very popular way, way back um, and has sort of went out of favor uh, and now has come back, and I think it's coming back. And you, you, you see the, the great play that, that the, the New York Post, um, uh, page six, got in the Vanity Fair last month. Um, they did a you know, big story on it, and everybody's talking about these kind of columns, gossip mm-hmm. columns, if you will. Um, they're 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 fun to read. They're 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 easy to read. They're short pieces. I mean, I, I think that they 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 can they can resonate with with the modern reader, uh, the younger newspaper reader today, as well as they can uh, for for readers in the 1930s. Uh, for the same reasons, is, is that if if they're done properly, you know, they break some news. They're they're fun. They have some humor. They they have some gossip. They have a little bit of dirt. Um, they really cover as they can cover a, a, a wide area of a city in a very short amount of space, and, and I think people people just like that. I mean, that's why you read a newspaper. I read that you know Winchell back in the old days was really a force to be contended with. If he'd mentioned someone in his column, that that person was all of a sudden uh, you know the buzz was about him. If he if he would snub somebody, everybody would be talking about it. You know, and ultimately that that I think that that played played a role in destroying him. I mean, he 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 got he got, and this has happened to, to other columnists. I, I I've, I've even some that I've known, they got carried away with who they were. Right. You know, they, they forgot that it was about the newspaper. It's not about them. It's about the newspaper. Um, it, it wasn't. They 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 they, be, they got that backwards. You know, they they began to think that, that that they were popular, not because they happened to write a column, but because they were somehow better or, or smarter or or prettier than than other people were. And, and it, it's. That's wrong. I mean, you're, we're we're just we're sort of we're guiding the train, I guess. But it's the train that that matters here. Well, looking at looking at your column, uh, you certainly mentioned this person and that person. I'm sure it's a thrill for a lot of folks to see their name uh, in, in ink. Uh, do you find that people sort of angle themselves to maybe get uh, get noticed by you, or? Well, you know, there's a lot of people that, that do, and I think that's kind of neat. And I, I tend to, what, I, I break it down in, into a couple of different ways. I have a regular cast of characters that I, I, I bring back, and okay. I, I think, and, and, the, and some of those are, are, are folks who are, who, who are elected officials or who, who own a bunch of restaurants or who, who are prominent people, we sh- shall we say. Um, some of them we, we mention in, in good ways. Some of them we mention in, in, in not so good ways. If, if they happen to own basketball teams, or if they happen to be developers, or, <laughs> or that sort of thing, or they happen to be sheriffs, you know, we can have some fun with them. Uh, but at the same time, there, there's a lot of folks, and I, I get I get calls and emails every day from just regular folks who who, who have a story to tell. Who, who they, they they may have an interesting story about their grandmother, or they may have an interesting story about something that happened to their kid at school, and. Those are the wonderful stories that really mix up, that, that make the mix work, I think. When, when you have the, 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 the story that, that again, that will resonate with everybody because it, it, everybody who has a grandmother or everybody who has a kid in school or everybody who's ever been in school, uh, they, they can feel these. You know, it, the story may, that may, may be about somebody in Roseville or somebody in, in Elk Grove, but yet uh, people all over the community can, can, can understand and identify with these little stories. And, and I think those are the ones that... that you know, when, when they're sprinkled uh, amongst the, the stories about the governor or the sheriff or the, 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 the people who own the kings, um, those, that's what makes things work, because you never quite know what you're going to get. I admit I love these little stories, certainly like a lot of people. you got one. I'm looking at one of your columns right now. Uh, Sacramento, endorsement from the Washington Post. Travel writer Cindy Luce spent a couple days poking around Sacramento, concluded Sacramento is a graceful, pleasant, easygoing place. And you wrote, as for the stunning part, she wrote, I stole to the Capitol, a building similar to but more luxurious than the U.S. Capitol, and found no lines. 
to which you added take it from the Washington Post. If you want to see luxurious capitals, stay home. Now, see, now, I thought that was that was just neat. I did not. I was reading this travel piece that, that the Washington Post had run. Uh, their their travel writer, one of their travel writers, had, had spent a few days here, and, and, and she she hit all the normal, you know, the high spots. She talked about the rivers, and she talked about the 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 Delta King, and she talked about Sutter's Fort and Old Sac and all that. And then she said how, out of the blue, she said she'd gone to the Capitol and she found it luxurious compared to, to the, 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 the U.S. Capitol in, in her hometown in Washington, D.C. And I thought, well, now this is news. You know, this is, this is, right. this is unusual here because I've never heard anyone comparative, uh, favorably compare our little uh, state house here to, to the U.S. Capitol. And I, I thought, well, and, and of all papers to do this, the Washington Post, uh, I thought that was amazing, so I thought we got to rush this one into print, and that that was that made for a very easy item. Did you invent the term Taj Maloof? Yes, as a matter <laughs> of fact. Um, well, I, you know, yes and no. Actually, honestly, um, I what happened was a reader. I want to say a reader sent me an email, and it mentioned some form of that, or or made some derivative of of Taj Mahal being like a, a Taj Maloof, and and I stole it from the reader. And then just picked it up and, and ran with it. Um, so I, I, uh, I think that's how it, and this has been a few months now, and so I don't remember the, the reader or how it came to pass, whether it was someone I was acquainted with or a friend of mine or some, some such thing. But I, I, I'm going to take credit for it because I was the one who, who, uh, who first threw it out there. And, and uh, I think that was it. There was somebody who, who'd, a friend of mine who had mentioned it, but they didn't want their name associated with it. So, so okay. then I, I was, uh, I, I'm going to take credit for it. But I, I didn't, I didn't. It wasn't my brainstorm, but I'm the one who, who, who spread, spread the word on it. So I'm, I, I think I deserve full credit. Well, we feel if someone comes up with something good, we ought to just borrow from it. We, we, we actually quoted it on our show, so the beat goes on. Yeah, and I, in fact, our, 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 our political cartoonist has, has, has used it. He, he's, he's now trying to take credit for it, uh, but he stole it from me. <laughs> and, and, I of course, I stole it from the, the, this particular uh, friend of mine, a reader. And I, I, uh, so, yeah, these things, when they're good, they're, they're good. And you, you, if, if you can get credit, take it. Yeah. And steal from the best. Exactly. Now you've been a bit cynical about the kings, which is something we really liked uh, on this show. Um, uh, with the, the, some of this extravagance of downtown fiasco, Lou, Lou Balanus getting involved with Mayor Fargo failing to deliver for Joe and Gavin Maloof, uh, our billionaire kings owners that want this taxpayer-funded stadium. Um, uh, wow, it's like where, where to begin with that circus? It's something that just it must be constant source of uh, material for you. Well, it is, and, and I, I'm in a unique position here because I, I was, I, I covered the Kings, you know, I was a sports writer for, for 25 years at the B here before I, I took this, this, before I was given this, this uh, item, the Metro column. Um, so I, and I had, for seven of those years, I covered the Kings. I, 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 I went to, to, to every one of their games, home and away, and I, I was, I was embedded with them, if, if you will. I, I was, I was the Kings beat writer, the, the same way that Marty McNeil is, is today for the paper. I preceded him on the beat. And so I, I have, I, I think, a perspective, you know, the, and I keep telling our editors, you, you know, you guys spent a lot of money, uh, spent a lot of, certainly a lot of bar tabs and hotel tabs um, sending me out with these guys. And I learned a lot about the NBA. You know, in seven years, uh, you're going to learn how the thing works and kind of the circus that is the NBA. And I, I learned how owners think, how they work, how players think, how agents think. I, I know how the game is played. Um, so now when I see them, them coming around here and, and sort of poor-mouthing Sacramento and saying we don't have enough money and we need to, we need to have the taxpayers build us an arena, I, I've seen this in city after city after city, and, and there's a real blueprint um, for this kind of thing. And, and it irks me uh, to no end because it, it's, you know, to me, the, the Kings are not a, a, 
a community trust. You know, it's, it's not like they're they're a great university or they're or they're 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 part of the, the community fabric. They're mm-hmm. they're they're an entertainment entity. Uh, they're a business that, that that's in, they're they're show business. That's what they are, and no more, no less. And and for us to elevate them to some other status, I think is is flat out wrong. Um, again, because I've been behind the curtain, I, I I've seen you know, the little man pulling all the levers. And so I've, I've kind of taken it upon myself to say, wait a second, time out. Um, if, if these guys want to run their business, that's fine. And if they want to build a new building, that's fine. And and if they want to uh, sell tickets and people are willing to pay for them, that's fine too. But but don't don't make uh, me pay for their tickets and don't make me pay for their building and don't make make the voters of Sacramento, who most of whom never ever get to see a Kings game because they can't afford it, don't make them pay for the ticket. Um, you know, let's draw the line here and let's explain what's really going on. And so that's been my little crusade here. And I've just been battling away and, and I'm, I'm very proud to, to have gotten to the point where now I think that there is no more talk about a, a, a publicly financed arena. There, there's talk about a privately financed arena and some rezoning and right. some, some stuff like that. But we've really moved the, 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 the ball forward here, I think, in, in terms of, of protecting that, the, the public dollar. And, and I'm, God, I'm, I'm proud of that. Well, we're, we're proud to stand behind you. Uh, when the boy billionaires were threatening that they might move the Kings, we've uh, volunteered in this program to help them pack, so if they want to be that way. Yeah, and, you know, I, they, they, they've been coy about that. They, they um, you know, the previous owners all but did threaten to leave when he, he, when he got his, his $80 million, before he got his $80 million loan, uh, cash flow loan, mm-hmm. off, off the Sacramento City Council. These guys have been much more subtle about it, um, but 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 it's there. You're right, and and the 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 proper answer to that is is if if you want to move, there's the door. I mean, you, you know, yeah, go ahead. If you want to go to Kansas City, um, you know, go there and be the third third buy uh, in, in in as far as sports goes. If you want to go to Vegas, you know, go there and try and sell tickets to the locals there when they've they've supported nothing in terms of sports. Um, you, if if you want to do it, do it. That, it's a free country. You know, feel free. Um, and I, I think that's that's really the best answer that we can give them. Well, you, uh, you you've kind of you've gone the opposite way of Herb Kane went from Sacramento to the Bay Area. You've gone from the Bay Area to here. Um, we hear a lot about you know Sacramento being a big league town because of the Kings. But for, for me, and I think I think I heard you talking about this very subject. Uh, the, the the pleasure of Sacramento is that it's not the congested Bay Area. Oh yeah, you know I, I I think that really is, and I I'm I'm just so happy that my my parents settled here. Uh, for, for various reasons, employment mainly, um, and, and, and did take that reverse track from San Francisco. Um, I, this is just, and I, I've been here for, for 40 plus years now, and I, I just think this is a fabulous place, and I, I'm, I'm so happy that it, it is 90 miles away from San Francisco. That's nice, but, but I think, it, I'm, I'm glad it's not San Francisco as well. Um, I, I just, this is a community that grows on you, and I, I, the more time I spend here, the more I, I, I enjoy it. You know, I just, I really think this is a fabulous Community, I, I, you know, and I've gone all over the place, and I've, I've really seen a lot of the world. I've been fortunate enough to do that, uh, and I'm always happy to come home. I think this is yeah. just a wonderful, wonderful community, and and I'm not talking just about, you know, Sacramento. I mean, from from Davis to to Woodland to to the foothills to the to basically everywhere up up of uh, you know Marysville, Chico. There's just terrific things. Uh, th- this is just a fascinating community, fascinating part of the world, and I, I'm I'm I think we're all very lucky to be here. But yet, it seems to me that uh, the sprawl we're seeing—I mean, the, the cre- increase in traffic—it's it, sort of a, it's a worry. Well, that is, and that's no, that's no fun. I mean, I I really feel sorry for folks who who uh, who have to buy a house in Laguna, you know. And right. I I understand that that's where 
they can afford, and that's where the sort of the, the you know the, the property you, you get the space for the property values and all that kind of thing. I understand how development works, but I I'm glad that that I don't have to do that and, and, and commute every every day up up I five or down I five or, or what have you. I'm glad I'm not coming in from Folsom every morning, and it, which now takes over an hour. Uh, during during rush hour, uh, which is incredible um, to me. You know, I had a buddy I, I, I met, and he said it took him an hour and 20 minutes to get in from Folsom the other day. And that, that used to, you know, that would get you to San Francisco not right. too long ago. Um, right. That's a shame. And, I, 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 again, I feel for folks who, who, have, who have made that decision and, or who felt they needed to make that decision and, and they'll now fight that commute every day. And it's certainly going to get worse. It's not making our quality of life better. I, mean, I think people ought to live downtown. I think people ought to, ought to, ought to, we, we ought to uh, have more residents downtown. There ought to be more housing inventory downtown. There ought to be more amenities downtown. I think that's where we ought to be going here. And I, I think that, that eventually we will with when we develop our rail yards and, and uh, that kind of thing. But I, that's, that, to me, is quality of life, not, not sitting in a car. Um, and I certainly won't do it. I, I won't, I'm, you won't find me making those commutes. And I, I, can I feel sorry for folks who... Who really have to? Is there anyone at the B we can talk to about uh, about the fact that Sacramento is such a tree-lined city? Uh, I, my, my understanding is that the McClatchy family is something people that we owe for that. Well, that's the story. Yeah, you know that that, that years and years ago, decades ago, um, the, the McClatchy family uh, took it upon themselves to, to to crusade for for this 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 whole planting the, the planting projects that we now enjoy here, the canopy of trees. Um, yeah that have grown up over the last half century. And, and that's one of the things, you know, there's two things. McClatchy's actually, they, they also campaigned for a, a, a publicly owned utility, which, which of course became SMUD. And I think that's, we've been well served by that um, over, over the years. The, the, uh, the, the fact that, but that's, that's a McClatchy project as well, you know, the, the origins of, of, our, of our electric company. Um, and, and of course, the, 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 the growth of the trees and the, the, the way the city has kind of grown and I, I think maintained its, its it's, it's Midwestern appeal, really. Uh, it's sort of a small-town appeal with the, with the housing and with the, with, the, with the trees that we find in Midtown and Downtown and East Sac and, and Land Park and Curtis Park. Um, that, that's, yeah, the, the McClatchy's, owe, 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 we owe, we owe the, that family a, a real gratitude. They, they really love this community. They, they did, and they, they continue to. They, they, the companies, their company's based here. You know, it's a national media company now, New York Stock Exchange Company. Um, but they're all based here. They all live here. Um, they're not going anywhere, and I think that's that's a real credit to to our community. We're going to track someone down in the PR department of the B for a future story because I think that's really is a very interesting aspect about it. We take it for granted, and yet you know it's it, the trees weren't were not here a hundred years ago. Well, I tell you, you, give Jim Jim McClatchy a call, our our chairman emeritus, and he'll I'm sure he'll talk to you. He he Jim is is uh, Jim's in his 80s now, but he he very well he's very proud of of his family and the legacy, and and he uh, I'm. You, you, you put in a call to Jim, and I'll bet he'll come on the show. Well, by God, we'll, we'll do that. I, I know you're busy. We're, we don't have, we're about out of time. Any, any recent uh, Rip Snort and Good Tales from your columns that we may have missed you want to you wanna throw out at us? You keep your eye on the Walmart story. That's been my, my uh, I think, the best scoop we've had in, the, in, in, a, in a while. The, the Walmart, uh, this, this little dance that Walmart is doing with the downtown plaza, um, the, the, the folks who, who own the, the downtown plaza, Westfield, they, uh-huh. they, uh, they seem to be holding the city hostage, I think. To get out of out of uh, to get out of their commitments at the mall, um, and they they don't want to spend any money there. So rather than rather than spend money there, they want the city to either bail them out. It seems, and this is conjecture, um, or or they're going to turn it over to a Walmart. Um, and I I think that is an absolute recipe for disaster downtown. And wow. Uh, so we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that one. We certainly will, and we'll be looking to your column uh, to do exactly that. Well, thank you. 
Ari Graswich, it's been a pleasure. Hope you'll come on and speak with us again. Anytime. All right. We're out of time. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. This has been Radio Parallax. We will see you next Thursday at 5 o'clock. In the next two weeks, we're going to bring you Fred Newman, who does some of those wonderful sound effects for A Prairie Home Companion, as well as Martin Yan, whose new cooking show on PBS is a sequel to the ever-popular Yan Can Cook Show. Stay tuned for Todd.